The Welcome to the Show podcast is independently produced by me, CT, and Manny Gomez. Help people find our show by taking two minutes to leave a five-star rating and review wherever you listen. Thank you. What's going on, everybody? It's the Welcome to the Show podcast. Uh, man, Manny, what's up? It's been an interesting couple weeks, man. I'm First of all, man, I, whoa, I was just whoa, whoa. I thought we had agreed that when it was my turn to talk CT, that you would give me one of these. Oh, <laughs> good one, <laughs> man. I want to start the show off by just wishing you a happy birthday, friend. Oh wow, thank you. Yeah, we don't need to get into how old you are or no, you know man. how many how many moons have passed nope. since the birth. No, no, no. Uh, I just want to say happy birthday. God bless. And, God bless the USA. And I really do think that you're somehow you know connected to the to the sports world because your birthday week if you count it as a week is one of the more interesting sports weeks we've had in a while oh my god man there's a lot of news start recording man yeah there's a lot of news out there and you're a news guy Mm. you know Mm -hmm. with your with your fan sightedness call to the pen huh Mm -hmm. i got i got i got it i got you so man uh what we're going to do today, guys, we're going to break it down. We're going to go through everything, all the rumors, no stone unturned. We got key witnesses. <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> and sitting here next to me is Mark Fires. Mike Fires? <laughs> Mark or Mike? I call him Mike Fires. So for some reason, he looks like a Mark to me. So I always go, I always default to Mark. And I'm pretty sure his name is Mike. Yeah, it is. It is Mike. Okay. Actually, you know what? Don't quote me on that, because I was typing up this uh, this episode outline at the late hours last night, and it could have been Mark. I wrote Mike. So, <laughs> um, quick question about Mark Fires, and we're gonna delve deeper into this CT. But here's a lighthearted type of question: lighthearted if you're a civilian, not lighthearted if you're a member of the mob or a gangster of some sort. But do you consider Mark Fires, Mike Fires, whatever his name is? to be a snitch um yes but i mean yeah clearly that's what i define as a snitch but only because he it's a two years removed and mm. he's saying it now and it's still it's still a snitch i mean i don't hate the guy but that is how <laughs> i would define a snitch yes okay how about you I, i'm wondering if if this is coming out again Th- to me this sounds like something that Ken Rosenthal and Evan Drellich of The Athletic have been sitting on for a long time. And I think that all of the sign-stealing stuff came up so much in the postseason against the Astros. They waited until the season ended to publish the story. But I think they've had this probably since last year. I can ima- I, I would have to imagine. I have to imagine. How, how do you have all this information? You know, you have to get two sources to confirm this. They got three sources. Um yeah, I think they've been sitting on this for a while. That's my opinion. Yeah, but why? But like, all right, we can, we're going to get into it. But before we get into that, uh, let's just get through some other key headlines that have to deal with the baseball world, as we always do. Okay. Uh, <laughs> Mike Trout and Cody Bellinger, MVP winners of the 2019 MLB season. Well-deserved Mike Trout. I uh, probably would have gone with Yelich. Or actually, I would have gone with Rendon for the yeah. National League. 
because I think we spoke about how Bellinger's first half was amazing, but his second half not so much. It was uh, his, his, sec- his second half was amazing, but it wasn't as good as his first half. Rendon's yeah. second half was better than Bellinger's second half. Does that make sense? First half. Mm-hmm. Makes sense? Rendon's, um, Rendon, Rendon's second half was better than Bellinger's first half? Yes. Wow. Anyone that any help the team. I know you don't. You shouldn't consider World Series. But here's another thing, guys, that I, I didn't consider. Bellinger's a pretty good outfielder, too. So it's not just hitting. He's like a complete player. And so is, I mean, Rendon is, too. But I, I guess yeah. I'm not as mad as I thought I was going to be that Bellinger won the, the MVP award. Well, they try, to, they try to paint Bellinger as a five-tool player, I feel like, this season. Because he, like, gunned somebody out yeah. from the outfield. He stole a couple bases. Not a couple. I really don't know his base stolen base totals. I don't care, guys. You know, it's, two, it's 2019. We don't care about stolen bases anymore. No, no, but no. they did try to paint him as a five-tool player this season. I don't see it. Uh, maybe that's the L.A. Dodger effect. Maybe. I don't know. I know he had the same. I think he had the same amount of runs saved as Judge did. But he played a full season, whereas Judge missed two months. So I, I don't know. Hmm. Interesting, man. Way to, way to work in a Yankee there. Interesting. Thank you. That's what I do best, okay. man. Justin Verlander and Jacob DeGrom are the Cy Young winners of this year. Uh I kind of thought Cole was going to get it for Jacob DeGrom. Uh, I feel like the other candidates kind of fell off towards the end of the season, like mm-hmm. Ryu. But uh, for Jacob DeGrom, he's the back-to-back Cy Young winner. And he, for a starting pitcher, he's number one and two with lowest wins in Cy Young Award history. CT, so, uh, can we do a quick trivia question? See if you can get this. Um, Jacob DeGrom, wow. Jacob DeGrom. Jacob DeGrom, huh? DeGrom, yeah. You like that? Jacob DeGrom <laughs> became the 11th pitcher ever to win consecutive Cy Young Award winners. That's 11. Can you name five of them? Roger Ex- Clemens. Except, you know, DeGrom, of course. Okay, Roger Clemens. Pedro Martinez. Ding, ding. Um, Greg Maddox. Ding. Randy Johnson. Ding. One more. Uh, <laughs> man, I feel like I can just go with like any one of the greats and they'll be there. But I don't even think Nolan Ryan ever won a Cy Young award. So nope. Back to back, Max Executive. Scherzer. Yes, very good. So there's six other guys in history. Ten other guys in history. And I think I heard an interesting stat too on the radio the other day. Besides Roger Clemens. Every other pitcher and obviously Max Scherzer are Hall of Fame are in the Hall of Fame, I think, that have won back to back Cy Young awards. There's Denny McLean. I don't think is he in the in the Hall of Fame. He won thirty one games one season. He might have gotten voted in in like a um like one of those player, you know, we like this guy, let's bring him in. Players mm-hmm. Club type deals. There's um Max Scherzer, Clayton Kershaw. Uh yeah, and I think other than that, everybody's in the Hall of Fame. Oh, Clayton Kershaw was one of them too. Clayton Kershaw was one of them, and Clayton wow. Kershaw, Clayton Kershaw, Roger Clemens, Denny McLean are the only ones to win MV, M- an MVP and a Cy Young. There's somebody else in there too, though. But Justin I can't Verlander and Justin Verlander. He's the other one too. Yeah. Unless you were saying back to back and an MVP award. No, no, no. The MV- MVP Cy Young combos. That's like really rare. For pitchers, yeah. Um, yeah. the con- consecutive Cy Youngs has only been eleven, and Degrom became the eleventh. 
Wow. For sure. Yeah. And uh, in other news, Vera Clemente, wife of Roberta Clemente, has passed away. Uh, really didn't make the headlines at all, no, I feel. Man. But I there's know. a lot going on in baseball right now, so. Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know how to follow that up. Uh, Christian Yelich and you Darvish go at it on Twitter. I don't know if you saw this, but it was pretty funny. And I kind of feel bad for you, Darvish. Uh, I heard people were apologizing to him um, after it was found that the Astros, you know, the whole Astros thing that we're going to get into because you Darvish got banged up a lot in that mm -hmm. World Series. Like, I feel like his career was tarnished after yep. that World Series. Um, so a lot of people were in you Darvish's Twitter, like apologizing, I guess. And somewhere down the line, I think somebody mentioned, you know, what about this? And he said, I'm not saying the Brewers were stealing signs, but you can see Christian Yelich's eyes move. And all this is like in broken English too. Mm -hmm. Um, and then Christian Yelich says, be better. Nobody needs help against you. I'm like, damn, man, I didn't expect Christian Yelich to, to, low blow him like that you yeah know? yeah 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 but then i guess you know accusing an accusing a professional athlete of cheating is a big deal so it is but it's, it's sign stealing is i'm okay with sign stealing if you're if you do it the right way i think everybody in all of history has tried to steal signs to try to get an upper net upper edge on a pitcher um the problem with the stories that are coming out today is that is that the Astros were using electronics and were and were blatantly cheating. You know what I mean? Um, mm -hmm. But if Christian Yelich has a tell or something and he's looking a different way or whatever, or or if you Darvish has a tell and Christian Yelich managed to crack it, that's fine as long as you're doing it in in the right way. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. In um, other words. Stop bitching, whoever <laughs> bitched. I would say, yeah, it's kind of hard to say who I would consider the bitch in that argument. I mean, in one hand, you Darvish was answering a question, I felt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And in the other hand, Christian Yelich was kind of defending his skill or whatever. Mm -hmm. So, but anyways, guys, in other news, the 2020 Baseball Hall of Fame ballot has been announced. Mm -hmm. And there's a lot of names on here, but... I can honestly, I feel like I can go through all these. I remember watching a majority of these players, but I guess we can just name a few key key ones. Uh, Bobby Abreu, mm. Josh Beckett, Barry Bonds, Eric Chavez. Wow, completely forgot about Eric Chavez. He's not getting in. Hell <laughs> no. Uh, Roger Clemens, Adam Dunn, interesting one. Adam Dunn, I don't know, maybe. Nah, he's not going to get in. No? Nah. Look at the he's, numbers, man. I love Adam numbers. Dunn. Love Adam Dunn. He was ahead of his time, but I just don't think he has the numbers. He has 400 home runs, I think, or something. I think that's the only, the only thing that puts him in Hall of Fame, Hall of Fame status. Okay, uh, Sean Figgins. <laughs> <laughs> Sean Figgins. I remember Sean Figgins uh, playing for like almost every MLB team. I could be confusing yeah. him with someone else, but he did play for a lot of MLB teams. Rafael sure Furcal, who was actually 35 when he joined the league, or something like that. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I think he was actually underaged. He lied and said he was older. Don't they when he all? Joined. Yeah. <laughs> Jason Giambi. Jason Giambi. Todd Helton. I'm going through all the names here, man. Fuck it. Raul Ibanez. <laughs> Derek Jeter. Uh, Andrew Jones. We got Cliff Lee. I'm skipping some names here. Carlos Pena. He's not getting in. Uh, Andy Pettit. Manny Ramirez. Scott Rowland. Ooh. Kurt Schilling. Ooh. 
Gary Sheffield. Ooh. <laughs> Alfonso Soriano, I wish. Ooh. Sammy Sosa. Sammy Sosa, I wish. Uh, Omar Vizcal, probably getting in this year, maybe. I doubt it. Or maybe not. You probably don't think so. Uh, Billy Wagner and Larry Walker. There were some other names I skipped. I don't know. I skipped like four names for some reason. Wasn't so feeling I, it. Before we started recording, I wanted to ask you a question, and here it is. Um, but this is the first time Bob. So we know Derek Jeter is going to get in. I think that's the only one that I that I know without a without question is getting in. I think that Larry Walker should get in, but they fucking have that whole cool sphere, course field uh, bias. Same thing's going to happen with Todd Helton. But the question that I wanted to ask you was Bobby Obreu. Do you think he's a first ballot Hall of Famer? Mm, no, not first ballot. Okay, why not? Uh, but putting you on the spot here, son. Yeah, I mean, I never, you know, now that I'm looking at his numbers, first bat. I don't know, man. Bobby Abreu, <laughs> and that's exactly what my thought was. And then I started diving deeper into the numbers. And as I always do on every podcast, I'm going to plug one of my pieces on Call to the Pen. I wrote something today on why Bobby Abreu deserves to be a first ballot Hall of Famer. And let me give you some reasons why, CT, and let me see if I can convince you. First, everybody always thought that Bobby Obreu was a power-hitting outfield. He never was. That's just not the case. He looked like that type of player. He fit the prototype in terms of his physical build and all that stuff, but he never was. I think he only hit 30 home runs twice, 30 or more home runs twice. So he wasn't a, a power hitter. However, his career numbers are 291, 395, 475. He was an on-base machine, and he hit a ton of doubles. He places top 20 all-time in doubles hit. And I think that means something. People, you know, doubles hitters are important in the game. Something else, and this is from at MLB Random Stats on Twitter. In 2,425 games, Abreu got on base 3,979 times. Of those times, he, got, he, he had extra base hits 921 times, and he stole 400 bases. Tony Gwynn had 15 more games played than Bobby Obreu and got on base 24 less times, had almost 200 less extra base hits, and almost 100 less stolen bases. Also, Abreu has more than 150 more, more, than 150 more home runs than Gwynn, scored more than 100 more runs in his career than Gwynn, and drove in more than 200 runs more than Gwynn did in mm. his career. If you're looking at advanced stats, Abreu's WOBA is 378. Tony Gwynn's WOBA is 380. Bobby Abreu's runs created is 129. Gwynn is 132. I think Bobby Abreu is a first ballot Hall of Famer. I don't think he's going to get 97% of the vote like Tony Gwynn did, but I think that their numbers are so similar that he deserves mm. a spot in in the Hall of Fame. That's just only me. two, only two All Star appearances. Underrated. He's. I think he's the most under, not the most underrated player in baseball history. But in the last two decades, he has to be one of the most underrated players in the game. You know, based off that argument, I would have to agree that he's a first ballot Hall of Famer. Um, and you, you. So you're saying you think he will be a first ballot Hall of Famer? I don't think he's going to be a first ballot Hall of Famer, but I think he should be. I think hmm. people are going to look at it the way you did. And it's the same way I looked at it at first. Um, and then when I started looking, I remember him playing for the Yankees for like three seasons. 
And I remember thinking, shit, this guy does not hit home runs for shit. But then it, then I remembered, like, he, he would always be on base. He was a good defender. He he ran the bases well. He did everything really, really, really well. He just wasn't exceptional at anything. Like, the, the difference between Bobby Abreu and Tony Gwynn is that Tony Gwynn was an exceptional hitter. Like, you knew he was going to put the bat on the ball, you know, whenever mm-hmm. he felt like it. Bobby Abreu didn't have that. He did a lot of things well, but nothing exceptionally well. Does that make sense? Yeah. Um, but then cumulatively, if you look at their stats overall, they're very similar. And and in a lot of ways, Bobby Abreu was better than Tony Gwynn. So because of that, I think he's a first ballot Hall of Famer. Hey, man, you make a really good argument. And I don't want to get into every single player because we have talked about a couple of them before, especially like Kurt Schilling and stuff. What do you think about Cliff Lee? That's a tough one, man. He was so dominant for a while, man. That's what, and that's what I'm saying. Like, I can't, not even looking at the numbers for Cliff Lee, I just remember when he was on the mound, he was a problem and that's it. And it, and it lasted for a lot of years Mm -hmm. that he was always a solid starting, more than just a solid starting pitcher. Like when I think of a guy like, um, man, he, uh, Mike Messina, Mm -hmm. I think Cliff Lee was a better pitcher than Mike Messina. Not even looking at the numbers, I just have that, you know, thought that Cliff Lee was a more dominant pitcher than Mike Messini, Mike Messina. But yeah. I don't know what the numbers say. So yeah, like like pound, I guess pound for pound, I agree with you. Like like if you take Cliff Lee's best season and put it up against Mike Messina's best season, yeah, I think Cliff Lee was better. Um, mm-hmm. I think the problem is is that he was injured a lot. And his season was cut short. His uh, career was cut short, pretty much. He he was done at age 35. Um, but I agree with you, man. That one-two punch between him and Roy Holiday with the with the Phillies, that was insane. Yeah, man. And in Toronto, in Toronto, was he in Toronto? No, he was in Cleveland. He was in Cleveland for a while. No, my, uh, Roy Holiday was in Toronto. Yeah, Roy Holiday was in Toronto. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. That he's a tough one. He's a tough one. Yeah. Any other guys that you uh, want to um, throw in there? Well, of course, I'm I'm pushing. I think Larry Walker. I mean, I, we talked about this last year. If he doesn't yeah. get in, that's it's not fair. Same so thing with Todd is, Helton. This is his last year. I think it might be his last year. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then Amen. I think this. I think some steroid guys, except for Manny Ramirez, not the not the Red Sox bias. I promise. He's a Washington Heights Dominican kid. I would love to see him get into the Hall of Fame. But he's the only one out of all of these guys that has a positive test multiple times. So I understand him not getting in. Uh, Barry Bonds, Roger Clemens, Sammy Sosa, they all deserve to be in the Hall of Fame, in my opinion. Hell yeah, Sammy Sosa deserves to be in the Hall of Fame. <laughs> I don't necessarily like Sammy Sosa so much. Hey. A self-hating bastard. but um, I, I love Sammy Sosa, guys. Fuck Sammy. I love that guy. And Kurt Schilling, I think he, I think you let him in, um, but I think I think a lot of people are going to be up in arms because of how vocal he's been over the last few years, and because a lot of players have had better careers overall and aren't in the Hall of Fame. When you say vocal, you mean politically. A lot of the shit that he puts on on social media, you know, you could you could believe in whatever you want to believe in politically, you know. Colin Kaepernick has his opinions. Kurt Schilling has his opinions. But Kurt Schilling would post some pretty vicious shit, comparing people to Nazis and, 
you know, speaking poorly about people because of the religion they practice, stuff like that, I'm not with. You know oh. what I mean? You could be a yeah. Trump supporter, you could be a Republican, you could be a Democrat. This is America. You, you do whatever you want, but there's some things where you cross the line, and he crosses the line a lot. <laughs> I must have missed. I must have missed all this because I don't remember. All I remember is Kurt Schilling investing all that money into that video game company and losing all of it. Yeah, yeah. That's that. That's what I remember. He got fired from ESPN like two or three times for shit he posts on Twitter. Oh man! In the past, yeah, he used to have a, a segment on the Michael K show, and then he got fired because <laughs> hmm. he he does crazy shit. He talks a lot of crazy shit. Yeah, hey, I completely missed that. Well, By the happening. way, CT, I'm on my Twitter right now. Sean Fingers, Fig, Fig, Fingers, Figgins is trending on Twitter. Why? Click on it because I'm about to look his career numbers real quick. Oh, because he's not the one that I was talking about that played for all these all these different teams. He, he played with the Angels for a while. Um, he did play in a few teams. He had a few teams. I was referring to... Um, when I think the name will come to me, hopefully by the time the show ends, but I'm talking about a guy that literally has the record for most played on teams, or he's like mm. one and two, one or two on that list. Okay. It looks like the, it looks like he played for the Anaheim Angels until yep. they switched to the Los Angeles Angels most of his career, and then Seattle, and then he ended his career with the Dodgers. Twelve seasons. I don't see what's hall of fame about this guy <laughs> there is nothing is all of that i think that's why he's trending a lot of people are kind of making fun of the fact that, that he's on the ballot <laughs> poor guy <laughs> yeah wow anyways he was um, okay but i mean hall of fame battle? no no yeah i i mean he was a, he was a definitely you know a relevant player yeah. but that world that uh, that world series against the giants he was really good um, that year, I can't remember. I think that's oh three. No, that's not oh three. That's like oh four or oh two, two thousand and two. Right. So it looks like it looks like his best season was two thousand nine. Damn. Way when, off. Uh, no wait, two thousand two. He started his career. He was on that team. I remember that. Him and K Rod, I think, came up that year in oh two. When the Angels won it. Yeah. Hmm. So maybe oh, I think okay. If I remember correctly. Because I'm seeing now he only played 15 games. He They put him on the postseason roster, if I'm remembering this correctly. I hope, I hope I'm right. Yeah, they did. So he finished uh, 24th in MVP voting in 04, 17th in MVP voting in 05, 20th in MVP voting 2007, and 10th in MVP voting in 2009. That season, he had 42 stolen bases and 101 walks. He led the league in walks. Um... 30 doubles that season. That was his career high, but not league leading. 183 hits. Yeah, that was definitely his best season. Oh, actually? I was thinking maybe he was getting in because of his stolen bases, because he has 341, but that, that ranks him 119th in baseball. <laughs> and and less than Bobby Abreu. Yeah. Bobby Abreu wow. has 400. Yeah. Man. Yeah. Anyways, guys, enough yeah, about man. the enough about the Hall of Fame. <laughs> We got we got a while before we get to to the to that day where we know Jeter's getting in. Manny Manny will have a field day that day. I'll be. Um, let's get into the topic of the year. Baseball's relevant, guys. It's NFL season and basketball season, but baseball is relevant. It's alive and well in the mm-hmm. off season. And here's why, guys. You guys already know the Astros 
uh, sign stealing allegations from 2017. Mike Fires quoted an article by The Athletic saying that the Houston Astros stole signs using a camera positioned in center field. Report The report included three unidentified people that were with the club. And sources said that the Astros used it in the playoffs, while another source says that they ended it before the playoffs. <clears throat> Manny, any words before I get into this timeline that I put together here? Um, uh, so the accusations that the Astros used it in the playoffs, I think Fires said that they did and someone else said that they didn't. I just want to point out, Jose Altuve, home numbers, 472 uh 1541 OPS at home away 143 497 Korea at home 371 1164 OPS away 211 626 Bregman 273 at home with an 854 OPS 154 and 508 508 away McCann at home 30849 OPS away 037 198 OPS that's just four examples of Astros players home away splits in the postseason, maybe they all, you know, got hot at the same time, only at home. That's possible. Pretty sure they were stealing signs, though. But that was postseason, correct? This is just the postseason. I mean, you in the chat last week, you pointed out how the, how some of these players' uh, home away splits during the regular season, uh, they were favored in away games, how they played better away. But in the yeah. postseason in 2017... The numbers are just, you know, insane. All right. So we're going to get into it. Let me let me just go through this timeline. Now, there's some stuff that's clearly irrelevant here, but I put it in there, guys, because I, I like time. You know, I think we all <laughs> share time together on this planet. So, oh boy. you know, we're all following that same timeline. So here's a timeline of the Houston Astros from 2013. In 2013, the team moved from the NL Central to the AL West. I remember thinking to myself, this is the most random thing that's ever happened in baseball. Mm-hmm. Uh I don't know what your thoughts were on that, but could you could you maybe could you maybe go through this timeline timeline blah, timeline like Ace Ventura did when he solved the balcony murder? <laughs> That's what you slipped in. Oh no, that that <laughs> not that one. The balcony murder. <laughs> Chris Correa, Scotty, director of the Cardinals, is sentenced to four years in prison after hacking Astros player Day. Yeah, man, I'll pass out if I attempt <laughs> that because there's, there's a lot to get through. So anyways, guys, yeah. this is already taking longer than I wanted. So here we go. 2015, <laughs> they finished second in the division led by first-year manager A.J. Hinch. They beat the Yankees in the wild card, and they lose in the American League Division Series to the Royals, who actually went on to win the World Series that year. That year, Dallas Keiko wins the Cy Young. Rookie Carlos Correa went, goes away with the Rookie of the Year. 2016, Cardinals hacking scandal. Chris Correa, scouting director of the Cardinals, is sentenced to four years in prison after hacking Astros player database and email system. The Cardinals were fined $2 million and had to forfeit two draft picks. Uh, This data breach was reported in 2014 by Astros GM Jeff Lunau. Lunau. How do you you say the name? Lunau. Jeff Lunau, who originally... (laughs) (laughs) Jeff who originally worked for the Cardinals. Um, yeah, he's the one that reported it in 2014. In 2016, Chris Correa gets sentenced to four years in prison. Um, the hacking was estimated to have cost the Astros an estimated $1.7 million. Chris Correa goes on record saying that his actions came as a result of finding out that the Astros were the first ones to steal Cardinals data from 2011 to 2014. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, that's some pretty serious shit right there, guys. I, I was just going to say that the the common denominator is Jeff Lunau here. And I didn't read that last point that you said. So I'm glad you said that because I was going to interject and say that from what I understand, the reason why there was a hack was because they believe that Lunau had taken. So he built a database in the, in the Cardinal system called Redbird. And mm-hmm. and the Cardinals believed that he took some of the information with him to the Astros. So they were trying to, I guess, first check to see that whether or not he has the information. And if he did, to take it back. Clearly, this is a shady-ass way to go about it. And there's yeah. no excuses for the Cardinals. But I also don't want to absolve Jeff Lunau of any wrongdoing because he's been involved in a lot of wrongdoing in baseball. Um, there's a story on WTTSpod.com that I published over a year ago in which um, I found some court records in which Lunau, Brent Strom, the Astros are being sued because they were um, stealing somebody's an ex-baseball pitcher named Neiman Nix. Uh, they were stealing his trade secrets, method. basically. His method, yeah. right. Um, so that, doesn't, that story didn't get reported so widely, but um, there's a lot that, that's going on with this team. So... Now, Sorry, when, when did that? Now, when did that happen? This was at first when when Luna was with the Cardinals. He sent people over to Nix's, according to that to that court document. You guys can again, you can go on wttspod.com. I think it's called how Jeff Luna stole. I don't know the Astros stole secrets or something like that. I can't remember what the article. I'll link it on the episode description. Mm-hmm. But basically, he would send people over to Nix's training facilities where he was basically one of the first to start all this stuff like in top velocity or drive line like this new pitching method um and uh he would send people over to learn about his method sorry i keep i keep going back and forth nix was one of the first to like implement the slow-mo camera to see like how your body's moving and stuff when you're pitching the, uh when you're pitching the ball um and so on and so forth he had all this like data computer data they wanted to see some of it. They hired a lot of Knicks' employees and turned them into hitting coaches and so on and so or pitching coaches rather, so on and so forth. They promised him a job, never gave him a job. They just kind of took all his information, all his secrets, and ran with it. And I don't know if Knicks is claiming in that lawsuit that that's why they're they're they have so much success. But one of Knicks' ex employees, Chris Holt went on to become a pitching coach for the Astros in the minor leagues. When he became the pitching coach for the Astros in the minor leagues, the Astros minor league system became the top pitching system in baseball. Like they led in every category and every, you know, in a double a triple a and every freaking, you know, level of the minor league. So it's pretty fucking crazy. Hmm. Yeah. We definitely should uh, maybe re-release that article. Yeah. For sure. Now, now that now that the Astros are hot, hot hell topic. yeah, hell yeah, dog. Uh, all right, guys. So that was 2016. Not what Manny said. What I said before Manny was 2016. Uh, fast forward to 2017. They win the division. I think it's the first time since like the early 2000s they win the division. Their their division, best record in MLB. They win the World Series. They beat the Dodgers in seven games. 2018, they win the division, but they lose in the American League uh, Championship Series to the Red Sox, who went on to win the World Series. Houston Just had to Astros, add the Red Sox, didn't you? Had to mention it here, man. Had to mention it. Uh, Houston Astros employee was spotted in camera well adjacent to Red Sox dugout, aiming a camera into the dugout. This is during the ALCS. 
the Cleveland Indians spotted the same man during the ALDS series prior to that. A thorough investigation by MLB concluded that the Astros employee was monitoring to ensure opposing teams were not stealing signs. No punishment was handed out. So I'll repeat that. When Cleveland, I think, I guess Cleveland, Terry Francona warned uh, the Red Sox players or the Red Sox organization uh, about this, you know, Astros employee pointing a camera into their dugout. At Fenway, mind you, this, you know, the Red Sox caught this guy at Fenway. Uh, They had notified MLB. They did an an investigation and they concluded that the guy was only making sure that they weren't stealing signs of the Astros. So no punishment was handed out during that time. Now, mind, that's important because this this happened at Fenway. Everything Mm -hmm. we're talking about now has to deal with the camera at center field at the Astros home stadium. But this man was caught at Fenway. Uh, I also needed to just, you know, be fair here and cite that in, t- in 2017, the Red Sox were caught with the whole Apple Watch incident. Yeah. Uh, stealing stealing signs against the Yankees. So I had to mention it there. Don't want anybody to say that I didn't mention it, but I mentioned it. Cheating bastards. Um, <laughs> so let me just real quick. The guy that was caught, I forget what his last name was, McLaughlin or something like that. He, um, he, how he got into the camera well with a camera and started recording is even more incredible because he was an unofficial employee of the Astros at the time. He wasn't. He didn't um, identify himself as an Astros employee because he. I don't think he was officially. Um, and I don't know how the fuck he got into this to the stadium, let alone into the camera well with the camera and started recording. You know, whatever was going on. So I don't buy it. To me, so far, without we're not up to today yet, all the way. But so far. MLB's investigations into a lot of these things have they found basically no wrongdoing to me that's them sweeping it under the rug we don't want a bad story here let's end this here let's say there was no wrongdoing move on from it and we and, and now this shit hit the fan so yeah. um sorry keep going nah it's okay it's okay man it's okay I'm sorry, bro. uh Fast forward, fast forward to 2019, which is the year that we're currently living in. Where, well, I don't know if you were listening to this episode in 2019, but this is mm. when we recorded it. Uh, wow! They win the division. Quick on your feet, a, man. Yeah, they win. <laughs> I would have never been been able to. Never mind. Sorry. <laughs> hey, uh, so, guys, it's 2019. It's November 18th, 2019, and we already know the Astros win the division, guys. We all knew they were going to win the division. We're we're gullible like that. Best team in baseball, right? Uh, They win the division. During the ALDS, the Tampa Bay Rays accused the Astros of using a camera to steal signs. Um, Yankees, then the Astros beat the Rays in five games to advance into the ALCS where they faced the Yankees. Yankees accused Astros of stealing signs in game one via whistling. Um, I guess nothing came of that either. I'm kind of, my memory's kind of faint. On what happened? That was that was a pretty interesting series. So I kind of don't remember. The I just whist- remember AJ, AJ Hinch getting mad yeah. when someone didn't put their name behind an accusation like that or something. Mm-hmm. He was like, "Put your name on it." Well, Whatever. so in game one, the Yankees, and this this goes to show that people at this point, people were talking about the Astros stealing signs. It was be, it was becoming a big story. Um, someone we had thought- yeah. 
we thought that it was more like in the Yankees' heads at the at that point, didn't we? We were like, all right, at this point, yeah. it, maybe the Yankees are tipping pitches, and it, at at the very least, it's in their head. They're thinking about it now, or they're every, par- or, or they're paranoid because of what happened with the with the Rays, because the Rays were pretty pissed off about this whole thing. They made a big funk yeah. about it, yeah, and um and. It also goes to show that you know Fires went on to play with the Detroit Tigers and the Oakland, the Oakland A's. There's other members of other team of the same team that have gone on to play for other teams. Maybe people are talking, sharing stories, and and r- the rumors are getting out there that the Astros have this method of stealing signs. So mm-hmm. in my mind, once the Yankees start hearing whistling, pair that up with what happened with the Tampa Bay, Bay Rays and all the rumors swirling around, they're thinking, oh shit, they're doing it to us, and they got pissed to the point where the third base coach for the Yankees, Phil Nevin called out the Astros hitting coach and called him like a like a little bitch or something like I'm going to fucking kick your ass or some shit like that. Yeah. Um and it turns out a story came out on SNY this weekend that MLB did at the time they squashed the story and said that that there was no wrongdoing. Now now they're saying that they did hear whistling but they can't determine you know whether or not it was coming from the Astros dugout. So um shit's crazy, man. Yeah, man. And there's more. Uh, the Astros beat the Yankees in seven games, and they go on to lose in seven games to the Nationals in the World Series. Um, mm. Every away, I don't know if, the teams, nobody won a home game. Yeah, nobody won a home game. You'll probably never see that again. Uh, I don't know if this happened before or after they lost in the World Series, but the Astros go on to fire assistant GM Brandon Taubman for taunting female reporters over signing over the signing of Roberto Zuna, who had previously been accused of domestic violence. Uh, super random story. Super disrespectful. Yeah. Uh, first, the Astros organization said they made a claim that the Taubman's comments were not directed at any reporter, but then they came out and said that they were wrong. MLB launches investigation. Uh, the Athletic report comes out with Mike Fires about sign stealing. Baseball world is on fire. Uh, most recently, emails from Kevin Goldstein surfaced. Kevin Goldstein is another assistant GM for the uh, for the Astros, asking scouts to spy on opponents' dugouts leading up to the 2007 World Series. And I quote, and again, guys, I got my information from the internet. If I'm wrong about this, whatever, man. I'm just I'm just a guy that does a podcast. Like I don't I don't dig deep like Manny does for all these sources and facts. So I'm just gonna I'm just gonna re, re, I'm just gonna repeat the quotes that I saw on the internet. And this is all this is again to CT's point. This is all out there. You can go check Bleacher Report, ESPN, Sports, any source. You're gonna find stories about the Astros. Yeah. All right. So <clears throat> Kevin Goldstein email surfers, and he's saying, "quote One thing in specific we're looking for <laughs> is picking up signs. <laughs> one thing in specific we're looking for is picking up signs coming out of the dugout. What we're looking for." What we what we are looking for is how much we can see, how we would lock things, if we need cameras slash binoculars, etc. So go to a game, see what you can or can't do, and report back your findings. Goldstein out. Mm. I added the Goldstein out part. I just kind of figured he. <laughs> this is some sketch. This is some sketchy shit. Maybe he wouldn't have included his name, so I don't even know why why I said that. Uh, and, for you know, I guess I don't know if this is already part of it, but the MLB has extended their investigation to sign stealing allegations into 2019. I think that's what Manny mentioned before about the whole whistling thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. And it also was noted that the Nationals also had their suspicions of sign stealing. They had a, they had this. The Yankees had after the race series, the Yankees had a their way of trying to 
prevent sign stealing by by wearing their signs in their hats and res- they had different signs for different pitches and they would reset the signs when the bases were cleared the uh nats had an even more convoluted way to avoid sign stealing and it worked out for them so i mean th- this is what i'm trying to say with sign stealing the astros went about it in a very very shady this is like you know this is a big story they're going to face some really harsh punishments at the same time, when you're another team and you know that this is going on, do better to not let your signs get stolen. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, and it seems like the Nats especially really succeeded at doing that. So many. I have now, I don't support what the Astros did in any way. I think there's some real shady shit going on in that organization. And I do think they should be punished for this. But I have a question. Yo. Sign stealing is accepted. Mm-hmm. It's like one of those unwritten baseball things, right? Mm-hmm. So I guess my question is, let's say you have Team A trying to steal signs from Team B. To steal those signs, they go through every old trick in the book. They study old film. They you know, get the guy on second. Whatever methods you use to steal signs before they they use and they steal the signs right Mm -hmm. now the astros team a you know with the asterisk next to it use technology just to bypass all those you know rigorous attempts to steal signs they just use it to to get past you know they they pretty much skip steps one through ten to steal signs why is that you know, and and I do think it's a bad thing. I guess what I'm asking is that if we accept the steps one through ten, the natural way to steal signs, why is it that we don't accept, or why do we accept that and not accept? Okay, they use the camera just to peek in and make it easier. Because at that point, you might as well just tell the hitter, "This is what I'm going to throw you. I'm, I'm going to throw you a slider now, buddy." Because that's what's happening. I mean, before we got on, I talked about a Rob Arthur piece on Baseball Prospectus. It's called. Um, Astro Science Stealing Left a Footprint and Audio Data. And basically, the title speaks for itself. It, it, it's how you can see just by looking at audio data, not listening to the audio, just looking at the, the levels, um, you can see exactly where the sign stealing happened and the audio significantly changes when the Astros are batting versus when the the opposing team is batting. So, for example, uh, for example, so I went ahead and I and I went and I didn't watch. I just watched like one inning of the game where Farquhar pitched, which is the one that's mentioned in the Athletic article, and I recorded the audio from that game. And I wanted to see if, without listening to the audio, if I could pick up where the banging happened, and I could do it without any problems and i can do it for you right now so you know i'm not lying i'm gonna play a this what it sounds like before a pitch is thrown and there's no banging this is what it sounds like no banging i'm gonna jump to a part where i see the banging in the audio file and you'll hear it ready There's a double banging. Here's the pitch. Okay, I'm going to jump to another part where there's banging. 
And we're talking, if you watch the video, we're talking the, the catcher puts down the sign. A second later, banging. And the, the hitter takes the pitch because it's a breaking ball. Uh, catcher puts down the sign. No banging. Hitter swings. It's a fastball. Catcher puts on the sign, breaking ball, banging. Hitter lays off the pitch. It was it it was almost laughable how obvious they were about it. And I'm kind of surprised that it took us two years to figure this out. And you could go Wait. on John Boy's Twitter account or um, there's a lot of other people that are taking after John Boy and, and doing these breakdown videos. And it's it's insane. It's it's really yeah. it's it, it kind of pissed me off to be honest with you watching that because I'm like holy shit like that's like somebody going to rob a bank. And they just do it in plain sight. But because nobody's yeah. expecting a bank to be robbed, they're not really like paying attention to it. You know what I mean? Yeah, you know what? I'm more mad about the quickness of how they're picking up the signs, right? Because clearly that that just proves that they're using technology to do it, right? Yo, and, and that article by Rob Arthur that studied the audio data showed that they were doing it from like anyone. As soon as anyone pitched three, they started stealing signs. And again... To me, this is like this is almost like the pitcher, even though even though the pitcher at the time, Danny Farquhar, wasn't telling the hit, the hitter, "This is my sign." <clears throat> it almost is like that. It's almost like somebody saying they're they're telling you exactly what pitch is coming, which defeats the purpose of the game. The purpose of the game is to it's a mind fuck, and and part of part of mind fucking, if that makes any sense. Is trying to figure out the part of the chess of the game is to try to figure out the next the, the next move. So you're trying to read the player's tells. You're trying to read his bluff. You're trying to, you know what I mean. But once you start using shit like this, and you have a third party seeing exactly what's coming and telling you exactly what's coming, you're eliminating that from from the equation. Well, yeah, but that's that's what I'm trying to get at. Like I'm I'm upset that it was so efficient and quick in relaying the signs because they were doing it like within seconds. Like the really the guy would put the sign down and you'd hear the bang, right? Yeah, but. At the same time, if a team does achieve this, if a team is able to steal the signs naturally, then they're both coming to the same. Okay, let me ask you this. If a team stole the signs without using a camera in center field, but we're still somehow able to relay the signs and get the bang out, would you accept that? I, I would accept it because it was done. Well, first so off, why- I, don't, I don't know how it, unless there's somebody on second base, um, there's no way that you would know exactly what sign was coming unless it's like like the whole Severino and Pedro Martinez thing a couple of years ago. Pedro Martinez taught Severino to hide his pitch for longer so that the hitter doesn't see what's coming. Um, and that helped him for half of a season. Um, things yeah. like that. You know what I mean? But but when you have somebody else, like like I read somewhere else, too, that that they were doing it in away games, too, in some away games because uh, some ballparks was re- were really loud. The camera was uh, the signs were relayed through the bullpen catcher or something, and if he put his hands up in the air, it was a breaking ball. If he didn't put his hands up in the air, it was a fastball. Um, like they they had like I don't know. To me, this is like playing poker and hiding your best card, you know, in your shirt sleeves to use it whenever yeah. the fuck you feel like it. No, yeah, you're right. And you know what? I think the more I think about it, I think. I don't think the Astros are the only team stealing because I no, the rest no. got caught with the Apple Watch. So I think other teams are stealing signs other Absolutely. ways. And I think that teams need to get better at not giving away their signs. Like come up with the crazy sign stuff that the Nationals did in, in the in the World Series, I guess. Or maybe MLB needs to allow like an electronic, the way that kind of they do it in the NFL, 
there's like a little speaker in your in your ear or something mm -hmm. that can tell you what signs you got what we want to throw i don't know but i think maybe they just need to take out the human element of putting down a sign or the manager relaying a sign through you know those crazy hand gestures and stuff or the note cards remember that like in the nfl they had those giant note cards um yeah, yeah i i agree um now yeah i have to ask what do you think is going to be the punishment, if any? It's gonna be it's gonna be harsh, man. I mean, I, I started looking through reasons why, you know, players, coaches, managers have past potentially been suspended or banned or whatever. And I'm thinking of you know, who's the coach for the for the New Orleans Saints? Oh my god. Sean Sean Payton. Sean Payton? Yeah. Sounds, was sounds, sounds about right. <laughs> yeah, I'll take it. S banned for a season for the the you know the the when they were placing bets on or whatever like who can who's going to take this player out. Um, you had Pete Rose betting on games, which the idea with that is that he could fix the games. This is to me, this is kind of like fixing something. He's banned for life. I'm not mm -hmm. saying that I think that that. You know, the steroids players get suspended for 80 games, A-Rod for a year, because, you know, baseball really hated A-Rod at the time. I'm not saying that, that there needs to be a lifetime ban or anything like that, but I would not be surprised if something to the effect of, like, A.J. Hinch gets suspended for the year or they're going to get fined millions of dollars, lose a ton of draft picks. I'm also thinking of the Red Sox when they they – Broke some rules in regards to, to signing foreign um, international players. And baseball made them give up their draft picks. Plus, they couldn't sign anybody in the international signing pool. And they were fined. But they weren't fined that much money. I could see something like that happening. Um, hmm. I'm, I'm The harshest thing that I could think of is that you, you suspend A.J. Hinch for the year. I'm thinking more like the GM has to give up his like his job. Or something. Yeah, that I mean that would make more sense. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I, I'm curious to see. I feel like I've never seen. I mean, the Pete Rose stuff happened before my time, so I feel like I've never seen a punishment that I that I said to myself like, "Whoa, that was way too harsh." <laughs> well, I think I've the, seen, the Red I've Sox seen. one a couple years ago was pretty harsh. I mean, they 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 signed like five players in draft picks, and they had to give them all up. They they all the players became free agents. Um, and you never know. Maybe some of those players could have been top prospects in your system right now. So it affected you in the long term. Um, mm -hmm. And you were fined. I don't know what happened after the watch. I think you were just fined or something. But that's that's what spurred on the rule that you can't use technology. That's when it came about. Before this, I think it was legal, maybe. Yeah. Technically. Um, it's going to be harsh. I think somebody has to go. I agree. Lou now should probably get fired or something. Now, is there any, baseball is there, for a year. Is there any part of you that, while this was coming out, was there any part of you that just felt, like, betrayed? I know you're a Yankees fan, but I there's some players on the Astros that I personally love watch watching, like Altuve. and I, Springer, for, yeah. for some reason, Springer is one of my favorite players I love Springer, ever, yeah. for some reason. I don't know what it is about that guy. I don't know if it's because I know that he had a stutter issue growing up, and he overcame that, and he's confident now, and, you know, and he's a superstar. I don't know what it is about George Springer, but I love watching George Springer 
on a baseball field. And I have to be honest, like, I felt betrayed, man. It wasn't like the whole steroids thing, like finding out A-Rod took steroids or Sammy Sosa took steroids and all this stuff. Or just accepting that they took steroids because I kind of always knew Sammy Sosa was on some shit. Um, <laughs> Is that they all took part in it and willingly took part in it? Like, maybe I'm a hypocrite. I don't know how I would have reacted to being told by my team like this is you know this is our sign stealing shit that we're gonna take part in you know well, that's why i don't know that's why i was asking before like sign stealing i feel like there's there shouldn't be like either we accept sign stealing or we don't they're stealing signs they figured out a better way to do it than everybody else whether maybe okay you're right the whole technology thing was was brought to light because of the apple watch in 2017 which is the year that they were accused of doing it so whatever they use technology to steal signs they did something that other teams are doing just better they they went beyond what other teams are doing so that's why i feel betrayed with these with some with some of the players that i like to watch taking part in this but at the same time like it's like everybody says like stealing signs is accepted mm-hmm. in baseball so i don't agree with how they did it I'm just saying at the same time, it's like it's accepted to a certain point. I feel like we don't accept domestic violence on any level unless you're trying to save your life. You know, there's no such thing as like, oh, you know, I beat her with my hands or I beat a woman with my hands. But what the Ashes are doing is that they were beating women with like weapons or something. You know, there's (laughs) like no there's no level of acceptance in other in other things. But it's it's the only reason why I'm kind of like I'm a little bit I'm conflicted. That's a good no, word. I mean, I, 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 to me, I, don't, I, and I can't describe. So before I jump into my point, Jose Altuve before the sign stealing saga was elite, probably better, a better player than he is now. Yeah. So, you know, these players are good. They're good players, and it's it's another reason why it's kind of upsetting is that. Why did you try to go about it this way? To me, it's al- it's almost like taking PEDs. It's enhancing your performance. Um, you know, I, I don't know. Um, what I'm disappointed by is that a lot of the stories that came out uh, was that Carlos Beltran was kind of the the him and Alex Cora were like the the guys behind all this stuff. The masterminds. The masterminds or whatever. I have a lot of respect for Carlos Beltran. It makes me want to go back. And look at some of his at bats and see if he used this kind of stuff in the past. Um, oh, you mean like in the past before Astros? Yeah, before the Astros. That would be huge if that right? turns out to be true. Um, and of course, the Mets hired him. <laughs> yeah, man, like you, you can't make this stuff up, guys. <laughs> you cannot make it up. Wouldn't uh, it be crazy if they like they suspend Carlos Beltran for life? <laughs> oh my god. Oh, man. Anyways, uh, anything else you want to say on that subject before we get into... Guys, as you already know, this is a long-ass episode. Just deal oh, yeah. with it. I'm sorry. Yeah. What are you going to do? Big big baseball. Yeah. Big big baseball week. Um, we don't get too many of these. No. This I, this whole thing <laughs> this whole thing made me want to wait and only ever record an episode in the off-season when something relevant happens, kind right. of, you know? Yeah. But, yeah. I, I don't know, man. I, it's... It's hard for me to explain. I understand what you're saying. If sign stealing is accepted in baseball, you know, is this as big of a deal as 
we're making it out to be. I think it is, but I, I almost like I'm having trouble articulating why. It yeah, just because, feels it yeah. feels really, really wrong. You know what I mean? It does. It feel it feels horrible, but you know, That's I think what she said. <laughs> I think uh put it this way. If technology existed, it would have happened already. Like er, the earlier technology would have existed, teams would have done it. I feel like teams would have done a lot worse with technology mm-hmm. back in the day. For sure. You know, and I don't think just because we're living in 2019, we're we're supposed to be better than like we're you know we're like these, you know, humble human beings. It's, yeah. it's still sports. People still try to get an edge. Um, and the temptation is is bigger than ever before because it's so easy now. Like. Yeah, maybe teams aren't using Apple Watches, but you know they have the means, the fi- the finances to create some form of technology, um, where they could have information in a watch, and we don't know it. You know what I'm saying? Um, and to be honest with you, the more the more I think about it now, and this is just something I'm I just came up to my head right now. Everybody, every batter that goes through their at bats in a game, they go straight to the tunnel or mm-hmm. whatever to yeah. rewatch their at bat. What if during that at bat they catch they catch the tell that the pitcher's giving away, you know? Yeah, that's true. That's a good point. That's 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 a form of sign stealing right there, and and I'm sure there's people looking at that throughout the game. Of course, yeah. I feel like they have a team. The they, teams should have teams for that. I feel like first and and third base coaches. That's a lot of what they're doing is looking at the pitcher's tell, especially the first base coach because of stealing purposes. I mean, should we should we stop teams from reviewing their at bats during games because they can zoom into the catcher's, you know, yeah, I sign don't know. and I, see and see what that related back to a pitcher and see what the pitcher did before he threw it, giving away a, a, a subtle sign? You know, I don't know. That's actually a good point. Maybe maybe what should happen is is that you ban all forms of technology during the game. You know, like no iPads to see what you did in your previous at bat um nothing you can't use I anything i don't really see that happening which is why i feel like they're they have to come up with a way that the human element of putting down a sign is no longer yeah. used headphones yeah. maybe yeah maybe the call comes from the from the dugout the manager calls the pitch and it's related to the catcher and the pitcher through helmet you know earphones or whatever like in the nfl yeah, man. Or maybe we could just finally develop telepathy or something. You know, telekinesis and that would be amazing, telepathy? man. Can we I'll, finally I'll take just de- can we finally just develop that shit as humans? Can we? What's the one where you can transport yourself from one place to another instantly? That's not telepathy. Ah, te- teleportation. Teleportation. That's what I want. You. I'd rather. Hmm. Here's a question: If you have, the, if a if a player somehow developed the power to teleport himself. And he swings a bat, and it's a dribbler to first base, and he just teleports himself to first base. Legal or illegal? Legal, man. That's his human ability right there. Right? Ooh. CT. Anyways. <laughs> I think we. By the way, why would I just we... go to first? I would just teleport myself to home plate for home. <laughs> home right? Yeah. Just, yeah. <laughs> That's good, man. <laughs> I just thought of that one right now. <laughs> oh man! Uh, all right. Anyways, yeah, this is a long episode, guys. We're about to get into the NFL. <laughs> An hour in. I don't. I, yeah, yeah. I don't want to. Obviously, don't want to spend another hour on all these things. But NFL, guys. 
I believe this was Thursday night football. Yeah. Miles Garrett of the Cleveland Browns suspended for the rest of the season for ripping off Mason Rudolph, quarterback of the Steelers, for ripping off Mason Rudolph's helmet and hitting him over the head with it. Mm. Now, the the game had like maybe 30-something seconds left. The Browns were up by two possessions or more, I think. Uh, in the re- I didn't see this at first, so for anybody that I spoke about this too, I apologize. At first, I didn't see this, but now seeing a, a replay version, I can I can agree that Rudolph is attempting to do something to Miles Garrett's helmet. Yeah. Looks like he was trying to take it off. I don't know. I always kind of feel like quarterbacks are just trying to fend for themselves. They're they're the, probably the smaller guy in that pile of you know these grown men. Maybe he was pushing him off, and that's you know I don't know what it was. Um, Miles Garrett ends up saying that he let the emotions get the best of him. I kind of don't buy it because, again, the game was already over. And there's all these rules in place of what you can and can't do to a quarterback. I think you should know better. The fact that you didn't know better makes me think that there's a problem with you. And I'm happy that you got suspended for the rest of the season because you could have literally killed the guy, yeah. depending on what edge you hit him with, of the helmet with. Um, even and regardless if Mason Rudolph was trying to take your helmet off, I doubt that he was going to take your helmet off and hit you over the head with it. So that's all I have to say on that. Yeah, after reviewing after reviewing the play, um, the ruling on the field stands. No, uh, I <laughs> I agree. I initially didn't see the play when it when it happened. Um, I watched replays afterwards, and my initial response was. I guess I was focusing focusing so much on somebody removing someone else's helmet and then beating the shit out of them with it because I'd never seen that before. And that kind of took me by surprise. But if you go and rewatch it again, I agree with you. I think there's more to the story than just Miles Garrett taking off Mason Rudolph's helmet and and hitting him with it. There was a lot. There was, you know, when you're in that mindset that, in, you know, first off, to play football, you have to put yourself in the kind of mindset that you put yourself in to box in a boxing match or get into a street fight or something. You're you're going to war, basically. Mm-hmm. So that's the first thing. The second thing is once the play is called dead and Mason Rudolph is on the ground and he's fucking like it looks like he's kicking Miles Garrett and all this shit. You're in this mindset. You get heated. Again, not making excuses for Miles Garrett. What he did is unacceptable. But some people just see black and it looks like maybe he just lo- he just lost it in that moment. He was like, what the fuck? Are, was, are we doing this right now? Like, OK, like, let's go then. So it yeah. turned into an all out street brawl. That's what it looked like to me. And um, yeah. what I'm surprised is that Mason Rudolph didn't get anything for this um, unless I mean, something changed. Why? But I mean, I've, why would he? I, I get that we can agree that he attempted to take his helmet off, but he didn't take his helmet off. It ended right there. It it would ended right there. I agree too. I just want to mention before we move on. I agree that Miles Garrett should should get suspended for the rest of the season as as the NFL did, and even potentially miss some time next next year too. Because that's just had he hit him with that helmet at the right angle, this this shit could have been really ugly. Like, of course, yeah. He, I mean, not to exaggerate, we could have seen a death on the field. We could have seen like somebody completely blacked out. You know what I'm saying? Like. Yeah, you know it's unacceptable. But I'm just I'm trying to I'm trying to put myself in Miles Garrett's shoes, and I want and I'm wondering if I don't know if I would have done the same thing. But I wonder if if I had gotten to the point where where I'm seeing red and I, I'm just out for blood, like 
what would have happened and i don't know i don't know the answer to that yeah you know so crazy crazy shit man that was um, fucking crazy <laughs> yeah it really was man i was not expecting i was like what the hell like yeah <laughs> the game's over already yep um in other news tua tago vialoa damn what potential name. first for, for potential first pick in the draft next season for the nfl he's out for the rest of the season in college with a dislocated hip um just wanted to mention that because there's a lot of memes out there for the tank for tua thing you know mm. dolphins and everything this could shake up the draft boards i've watched a lot of his not a lot of his games i've watched a couple of his games and i really don't see what it is that people see mm-hmm. about him being the clear-cut number one draft pick but uh that's why i am not in that industry obviously you're not wrong though if you really think about it i started thinking about this recently how many nfl quarterbacks that get drafted go on to actually do something because all the elite quarterbacks that we have today are quarterbacks that have been in the game for a while. You know, Tom mm-hmm. Brady, uh, Russell, Russell Wilson, Wilson. Um, you know, Aaron Rodgers. These are guys that have been around already. Drew Brees. Drew Brees, exactly. In terms of the newer guys that are getting drafted, I feel like more often than not, these quarterbacks that are getting drafted high in, in, uh, in the draft are busts for the most part. I mean, yeah, Baker Mayfield isn't having the best second season sam darnold has regressed we mm. still don't know what he's going to be but he's regressed he's seen, seen ghosts yeah uh josh allen i feel like has improved but he's still really really not a great quarterback unless he's running the ball which i hate sometimes i don't want to get into that mm-hmm. um and yeah you're right tom brady was six round pick i think uh russell wilson was a third or i know he wasn't a first round or second round pick mm-hmm. i know he had a, he had to beat the starting quarterback for his job his rookie season um, I don't know what happened with Drew Brees, actually. I think he's back now. No, no. Where where was he drafted? Originally? Oh, he was he was with the Chargers. Chargers, San Diego par, uh, Chargers. I don't but know where he, he first, was drafted. Was he a first round draft pick? I don't know, man. Hmm. Interesting. Interesting. Let me ask. Let me ask the uh, the Google really quick. Thirty second overall, second round. Wow. Aaron Rodgers was also. I think like twenty something in the first round. Um, then you got Eli Manning, who was a first overall pick. Mm-hmm. I think Peyton Manning was also in the first. Uh, not Peyton Manning. Peyton was first pick, I believe. Or was Peyton he was the first pick? pick. I was talking about Philip Rivers, first round, I believe. He yeah. So it was uh That was like the, a good round. That was like a good draft class for quarterbacks. It was Philip Rivers. Eli Manning and Roethlisberger, yeah. The Giants actually drafted Philip Rivers and traded him to San Diego for Eli Manning. Yeah, Eli didn't want to go there, man. Right. Anyways, speaking of quarterbacks, <laughs> Colin Kaepernick receives a trial opportunity for the NFL. Now, I don't know what Manny's opinion is on this, mm. but I have an opinion. Let me just read through some of the some of the things that we do know. Uh so he receives a trial opportunity. I think we find out about it on Monday or Tuesday of this week of last week. Twenty five teams agree to show up. Twenty five scouts for those twenty five teams agree to show up. Uh, Kaepernick moves tryout from the Falcons practice facility to a high school in Riverdale, Georgia. I think like a couple hours before it was supposed to start. He moves the practice from that Atlanta Falcons facility to a high school. Uh, because of that, only a few NFL scouts followed him to that location. 
He had requested to shoot a Nike ad as part of the NFL workout. I read that the NFL agreed to give up all the footage that they were going to take at this facility to Nike. And that all Nike wanted were the rights to use the the team names for Mm. the ones that showed up. And I think the NFL was in agreement with all that. So that's where I read it. I don't know if things change, if more information has come out. But as of last night, that's what I remember reading. Uh, Kaepernick urges, after the tryout, Kaepernick urges the NFL to stop running. Uh, He calls out all teams, all owners, Roger Goodell, to stop running. He hasn't ran. He's been denied three years or whatever the hell he said. And my guy, Jay-Z, quote, disappointed that Kaepernick turned NFL workout into a publicity stunt. Not many. What are what's your opinion on on all of this? I'm not clearly I'm not mad at Kaepernick. I my question is why now all of a sudden is the NFL backing Kaepernick holding a trial for him in the middle of the season? Um why now? I think Kaepernick to you know and I don't blame him probably thinks this is all a sham and he's playing the nfl that's how i that's how i saw this whole thing i who has the balls to move a tryout hours before the tryout and wasn't the tryout supposed to be held like in la or something i never i don't know i didn't read that if that's the case i don't know but can i be honest with you man colin kaepernick is fucking annoying man and I hope that that guy does get an opportunity in the NFL, but then he gets, you never see that scene where like a guy hits him low and then a other guy comes and hits a high and the guy's just like twirling in the air. <laughs> like that's in what I hope varsity I, blues. <laughs> yeah. That's what I hope happens to Colin Kaepernick. Damn, I'm wow. like, man, I don't know what it is. This guy is fucking annoying. Like, well, he, the thing is, is that now he's become like a social, social warrior person. And, and I agree with you in that, in that sense, when he was taking a knee, I, I backed him 100% because I didn't think anything that he did was against anybody or was calling somebody out or anything like that. What he was doing was standing up against police brutality, and he was doing it in a respectful way. When he initially started this whole thing, he was sitting um, during the national anthem, got a lot of shit, so he sought advice from a, a, an Army veteran. You can YouTube this. He's a, he's a well-known um, soldier in the U.S. Army, and he told him that the reason why he's getting so much backlash is because he's sitting. If you if he doesn't want to show disrespect and wants to show respect, what people in the army and in, in our armed services do is that they take a knee instead of sitting down. So that's when he started taking a knee. It was out of it was out of respect to a person who came to him and told him to adjust the way he was going about this, and he did that. And All right. Instead, Trump turned this into something completely different. And now all of a sudden he's being blackballed by the league. No, um, all right. So this is where this is where I feel like people look. I'm not saying the NFL is innocent in any of this, or that they're wrong or right for banning him. At the bottom line, the bottom line is is that they were losing money because so many people were pissed off at the Colin Kaepernick thing, right? I don't so think it was just guy. that though. I don't think it was just that though. They were losing it money was the, before before the kneeling. Their, their ratings were going down, and they were losing. This was just the perfect storm. No, but yeah, perfect storm. Okay, whatever. Regardless of the fact, Colin Kaepernick's antics weren't having a positive effect on the NFL, were they? But but it wasn't because he was taking a knee. It was because it was because it was being called into attention and being misconstrued as something completely different. No, but what I'm saying is is that Colin Kaepernick had a direct effect to money that the NFL was losing. 
We know that. Possibly, but I mean, all right. Know. So, so this is so this is this is my point. This is my point. You want to talk all this shit about the NFL, and then you want to, and then you settle in a court case. Yeah, that that after I'm all this, here, yeah. you settle. You settle with the NFL. They didn't have to do that shit. You could have you could have stayed in court, but you settled. Clearly, usually when people settle, that means what I what I feel is that 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 means is that both sides said I did my shit, you did your shit. Here's a price we can agree on. Squash it. But no. All this shit has just continued. First of all, I don't know who the hell associates police brutality with the NFL. Because the way that I look at it is, as a, as a common person, is that if you really believe that black people are targeted by police, what does the NFL have to do with that? If when you think about it, there's not there's black people are just as important to the NFL than anybody else. They're everywhere. They're, they man the most important positions. Maybe not quarterback, but every other position. Same thing for the NBA. That's like saying like, oh, the NBA doesn't care about black people. Nobody should ever say that. They they employ almost, I think 90% of the league has to be African-Americans. So I would never have associated, first of all, I would have never worn pig socks. Like if you want to show me that you're this civil rights activist, don't ever wear pig socks. You know what yeah. that, you know what that means? And you did it. So I thought that was super childish. I never heard an apology from Colin Kaepernick. Everybody wants to turn this into like a race thing. When I don't feel like it's the NFL is responsible for, you know, proving to the world that they're this non-racist organization. I never had that. I never got that impression from the NFL not once until I saw Colin Kaepernick take a knee. Or if you want to blame it on Trump, that he called it to their intention or whatever. Like, I feel like every little thing that came after that was a race thing, right? So... Mm -hmm. The NFL, mind you, they're they're the bosses. It's not like this is a league ran by community where the players all get to, you know, take part in running the NFL. The NFL has an owner or owners. And if they say they don't want something, that's tough luck. It's not right. I don't agree with it. But if they're the owners of an organization and they say that they don't want something because it's affecting their price sales, which at the end of the day, it's a business and Colin Kaepernick was affecting that, then good that they threw him out because he's not following protocol and he's a, he's an employee of the NFL. He's not an owner. He's not a coach. He never... I don't even know what else you can be in the NFL, but he's but he's an employee of the NFL. He couldn't get a job at the NFL, and it hasn't died out since. They give him an opportunity to try out whether it was a sham or not. If you wanted to prove that the NFL was really just like playing with him, then that would have looked bad on the NFL. We all would have seen the tapes. It's like the, it's not like those tapes were gonna get buried in a in a in a safe somewhere that we never got to see them. They were gonna come out on a Nike ad. They were gonna give him all of that. Yeah. So I think he's a total bitch for. Ooh. Come, yeah, that's right. I think Kyle Kaepernick is a bitch <laughs> for coming out and making it and him controlling the narrative. And I read this art, the article that I sent you earlier today. It said all the NFL wanted to do was control the narrative. What do you think Colin Kaepernick is trying to do? He's trying to control the narrative. He's making mm -hmm. this about him. He's he 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 wants to make it about police brutality, I guess. But it's all about him. He just wants to be the face of whatever the hell it is that this issue, this this you know invisible hand of an issue that's going on that I, I don't even know what the hell's going on so he i just I wants think, to make it about him i think i agree i agree thanks for letting me speak manny shit <laughs> it's all good i agree to a point i think i think that since he agreed to settle with the nfl which to me was an admission on behalf of the nfl um of wrongdoing that's how i that's how i interpreted it and took that deal with nike making millions upon millions of dollars to be a social justice warrior quote unquote um 
you know, you're stepping into a different arena now. So you've already settled in court. So in my mind, that issue is done with. So let's move on from there. So, you know, whether this trial was a sham or not on both sides remains to be seen. I don't even give a shit. Like, he could go away for all I care now. You support Nike, not you, Colin Kaepernick, who hires pretty much slaves in China to make sneakers for you, and you're calling yourself a social justice warrior. Like, shit like that oh, kind damn, of pisses okay. me off. Yeah. Um, but in terms of him taking a knee, I, ha- I had no problem with it because I feel like he was using his platform to raise attention to an issue that is real in the United States. And yes, when you turn out a game and see him kneeling, the first thing that comes to your mind isn't police brutality or all these shootings that were happening at the time. But it's what he was saying before games and after games. And and I thought that he was making some pretty good sense at those at those times. At some point, the message started to get confusing. People weren't understanding. Even I, to be honest, wasn't understanding what the knee thing was about at certain at certain points. It became a little too much. Um, but I guess I'm with you to this point. You got the workout, do the workout and say peace. You know what I mean? I think he exactly. was trying he was trying to get a last like the last word in almost. Yeah, you know what I like mean? To, you know you know what you know what I and I'm sorry that this episode is going to be 5 hours long, but you know what I got out of you know what I got out of him in that little rant that he did after the workout? He's basically saying I'm not in the NFL because they're racist. They don't want to see me in the NFL. I'm good enough to play in the NFL, which by the way, that's an that's 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 a debate because he wasn't good enough to start in the NFL after they just gave him all this boatload of money. He wasn't good enough to start on a team before all this shit, and they paid him a boatload of money. So we're supposed to believe that three years removed from the NFL because you you hit some guys in a high school field that we we think that you're supposed to start in the NFL. Like what I got what I got from that was that if they do give me a chance, I'm a, I'm gonna be a backup quarterback, but I'm not a starting quarterback. And the reason is because there's a race there's some racism hand racism shit going on here. And that's why I'm not the starting in the NFL. And that's I think at the end of the day, when we're talking about like the bottom line, when we're talking about the sport, Colin Kaepernick as a quarterback, he's not good. Mm-hmm. And that's what pisses me off about all this. People are turning this shit into a race thing, which you have the right to do, but at the end of the day, you're not good enough. First of all, it's not right that the NFL blackballed you from the from the uh from playing in the NFL, but I cannot think of I wouldn't I, I put myself in a in a different position. I said to myself, if Russell Wilson or Cam Newton healthy or uh who's who's this Julio Jones, Odell Beckham, if any of these black athletes did what Colin Kaepernick did, they would not suspend them. They wouldn't get anything because they are this otherworldly talent. So that right there just debunks everything that Colin Kaepernick, what people are trying to make this out to be, that, you know, for me, they're blackballing him because he's just not worth the risk. He's causing them money, you know? Yeah. Well, and he brings a lot of bad press to the sport. Sure, which, whatever. Whatever yeah. whatever reason it is, if whether it's right or wrong, the bottom line is, is that he's costing them money and he's not worth it. Mm-hmm. That I agree yeah, with you. That guy's, that guy's fucking annoying. I, I, I really hope that... This whole whole thing dies down. And if he ever does come back to the NFL, I really hope he just gets destroyed, man, honestly. My conspiracy theory with Colin Kaepernick was this, that because the Patriots were going to send somebody to the workout, but then when he switched at last minute, I guess they didn't. Uh, My conspiracy theory was, cue the conspiracy theory music. I don't have it. (laughs) Um, 
uh, Belichick and Brady have been kind of butting heads for a while now, and it's been rumored that maybe at the end of the season that they would go their separate ways, be it Belichick stays with the Pats and Brady goes somewhere else or retires or vice versa. I think the Pats will sign Colin Kaepernick because, you know, that's kind of what they do. You know, Antonio Brown, so on and so forth, the murderer, Aaron Hernandez. Um, (laughs) And he takes over next year for Tom Brady. <clears throat> Look, that would be a that would be a success story, which I don't want to see. So, <laughs> well, because the, the the point here is is that I think that he could fit in that system because to me the the pat the Pats are a system team more than a player centered team. I think that Tom Brady for sure is the greatest quarterback of all time. I don't want to take anything away from him, but I'm not sure that if we inserted X quarterback into his position that they wouldn't have the same amount of Super Bowls. For example, that one season where he broke his ACL, I think it was, and he was out for the year, and Matt Schaub took over, they still made the postseason. They still won like 13 games. Um, No, they didn't make the Uh, postseason that year because I think the Jets won more games or something. They didn't make the playoffs that year. But they still won like 13 games or some shit, 12 or 13 games. I agree that the Patriots would be a good team without Tom Brady. I'm not going to go as far as to say that they would have won all the Super Bowls without Tom Brady because I've seen great quarterbacks mess up easy plays. For sure. See, see, it happens every week. And Tom Brady delivers in the most highly stressful, pressured, you know, high leverage, whatever you want to call it, situations. Like, I just think back to. Except when he faces the Giants. Whatever. I just think back to what he did against that Falcons when they came back from like 28 to 3 or whatever the score was. Oh, my God, yeah. So I don't think that they would have won all those Super Bowls, man. I'm sorry. I'm not going to go as far as to say that. I think Tom Brady is a good quarterback. I'm not saying he's not a good quarterback. Best quarterback. I'm not saying he's not a good quarterback. quarterback. But but the, the Pats are the kind of team where, again, if you're not studying week in and week out and learning the playbook because it changes every fucking week with this coach and you're not disciplined and you're not producing, they're going to cut your ass. They don't give a shit. You know, like the only person that's withstood time here is Tom Brady. That's it. And there's a reason for that. It's because, like you said, he doesn't wither when the moment gets gets tough, like like Peyton Manning did at times or whatever. Um, But I think you can insert someone like Colin Kaepernick. And I don't think that team is going to suffer all that much. Maybe you're right. Maybe put him in the postseason and maybe he gets nervous and he misses a player or two that Tom Brady would have made because of the pressure of the moment. But I think that overall the team wouldn't suffer all that much. I guess that's my point, which is yeah. no point at the end of the day. Wow, CT, mm. we're going to hit an hour and a half here, man. I'm so proud of us. All right, you know what? Let's just cut it. I just want to quickly mention, I'm, I'm once again, I just need to say that I'm proud of Jay-Z saying that he was disappointed. I hope he elaborates on that on a song. He really doesn't say much in interviews. Ooh. So I really hope he elaborates on that point in a song or something. Um, at this point, Jay-Z is like the black godfather, okay. and he's just the man. I want to get Jay-Z in a room and pour some truth serum in his in his very expensive drink and see what he really thinks, because this is... This I can is, tell jay Z's a businessman. He's saying, I can tell because, you, he's saying this because he doesn't want to hurt his business. I don't I know if this is exactly, what he really believes. I can tell you exactly what he would say. It is business. It, of course it's business. People have to start looking at the world as individuals instead of all black people, all white people, all Spanish people, you know, stop grouping people and you will be more successful. Jay-Z keeps pandering to the black pornist because that's a market for him. But you can't. How can he relate to what poor black people are going through today? He hasn't been poor since 90, 
94, 96, 95. Mm. I hasn't been poor in, in longer than I've been alive. Is Shit. he a billionaire? Net worth, yeah. I think in assets he has a billion worth. But wow. I wouldn't think he has a billion laying around like like in his drawer. Anyways, guys, real quick, I want to get through two things that happened in the NBA. Um, we mentioned why Carmelo Anthony wasn't in, wasn't on a team yet. He signs a non-guaranteed contract with the Trailblazers. I don't know what the, you know, what all the fine print is about a non-guaranteed contract. I don't know if this is like a 10-day contract that the mm. NBA player signed. <clears throat> but he signs with the Trailblazers. Um, and... It's November 18th. I still have not watched a minute of NBA. I'll, I'll get there, though, guys. <laughs> <laughs> I'll get there. Uh, and Christoph Porzingis returns to the Garden and gets owned. Um, Truth. That's the NBA, guys. <laughs> yeah, that's it, man. And and Chris, the Mavs, the team, the blah, blah, blah. I think the Knicks have two wins this year. Maybe they won a third game. They're both against the Mavs. That game on Friday felt like a playoff game, which is... It made me sad because I remember the 90s Knicks teams and I remember how electric New York City was and, and those games were, they were must-see TV. And uh, we haven't had that in a long time, man. And and Chris Stops brought us together, guys, for one night. Um, at the same are, time, at the same Knicks time, three, yeah. Knicks are 3-10 and 10 and currently winning against the Cavaliers wow. with eight minutes left in the second quarter. Unbelievable. Um <laughs> Unbelievable. Yeah, I I um at the same time the Knicks failed, man. They failed massively when they traded Kristaps Porzingis to the Mavs because nobody came, man. Nobody came. And now <laughs> who's a free agent next least, year? You know. At least Porzingis was like his in his own right a star, you know. Look at look at him, man. He's he looks like a goddamn, you know, a god. He's Jack now all of a sudden. He's a unicorn. He's a unicorn, and um, damn man, it's just this this, oh. this franchise is fucking snake bit. Oh, and did you did you see how Kobe went to a Lakers game last night, and and him and LeBron had that. a moment, and they and they high fived and dapped, and LeBron hit a three and all this. Did did you see that? Did see that. Did see that. Uh, I'm you know I would have been shocked if you didn't see it because it's, it's everywhere. People are it making it everywhere. the biggest thing. It's like Kobe, LeBron, yeah. Lakers, right. It's man, I'm that. such a LeBron hater, man. Shit. I was almost expecting Kobe to rip off his clothes and have like a Laker uniform on. And like, I'm coming back. And you have Susan Waldman. Oh, my God. Oh, my God, John. Kobe's <laughs> back. Man, he just had it working the Yankees there. Always, man. Always. That's what I do best. All right, man. So <laughs> should we should we, should we we take this on to the two-hour mark? or No, man. No. <laughs> I don't know if I can. I don't know if I have anything else to talk about i mean what an ep- what an episode guys an we're just episode. gonna end the season we're gonna end the season right here fuck it that's it show over never coming back guys <laughs> take us away manet all right the welcome to the show podcast is brought is independently produced by me and ct please help people to find our show by taking two minutes to leave a five-star rating or review wherever you listen also make sure you check out the hotheads podcast the replay podcast available wherever podcasts are found you can find them on wttspod.com our music is by vm varga our logo by luigi gomez that's all i got great man great as always man thank you peace peace out let's go yankees <laughs>